Welcome to Crude. This Crude is all about sniffing the stuff, cutting the lines, crushing the ice, snorting the snow, and doing sexy stuff while drinking the juices. You get it? It's about sex on drugs. I'm joined in Berlin studio by Frank, as usual. Hi. And from London by Effie. Effie, you've been over over in Berlin over the weekend. How, we miss each other at Berkheim on Sunday. Where were you? I was in Berlin last week, and let me tell you, I did all the drugs and all the sex and the some of it combined, so I've got a lot to talk about. And yes, I'm sad I missed you, but I just couldn't bring myself to go to Berkheim on Sunday. Next time. And we're being joined by a guest for the first time. Visar, do you want to introduce yourself for a second? Hi, Crude. I'm Visar. And I'm living in Berlin right now for a couple of, like, a year and a half. So thank you for having me here. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. An important point at the very beginning. I do consider alcohol a drug. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes. A self one, but, you know, set aside a couple of times, but it definitely counts. And another disclaimer, it's not, this episode is not about chemsex. Because one of the most essential ingredients to chemsex usually is meth. And none of us, I think, unless I'm going to be surprised, is fucking on meth for days. That it's specifically gay groups that usually gather in like private places do meth and a couple of other less strong drugs, but definitely meth. Needles are involved and you would just keep going for two, three days. What I'm going to be focused on is the lighter stuff, like stuff that I think is more likely to just happen on sex parties and dates and in relationships and I don't know all the other sex circumstances in which you may or may not want to involve drugs. Definitely think about the meth thing. Living in California 20, 25 years ago, it was certainly not just something in the gay scene. All kinds of people. There was a whole tweaker scene there of people get messed up on meth and, and having sex. So I think it'd be great to just talk about everything from the meth right down to getting drunk because it's the same because everyone who's listening here, no one thinks that they do too much drugs and, you know, a glass of champagne and a blowjob. That's chem sex, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start with a little survey. Frank, what's your favourite drug to have sex on? This is such a dangerous question. For me, it depends which sex and with whom. And it's the He's same... such a philosopher. No, <laughs> uh, if I'm playing around with guys, I definitely like a little line, maybe a bit of coke. Uh, usually not Molly. I don't know. I'm a bottom, mostly a bottom. So I, from with guys and having a lot of getting fucked a lot, I definitely like to be a little bit high. Why? Why on coke though? Given that you know we know that there's a tight association with coke and masculinity, and it just makes you feel more masculine. More the association with the coke and the lack of a lack of a hard on. At certainly at my age, I'm no spring chicken anymore. No, for me it's the thing. Like I really, I really enjoy sex with men as a bottom if I'm a little bit high. Otherwise, for me, it can just be. I don't know. It's not even sore. It's just a bit uncomfortable. But it just adds something to it. It's like it's like adding another layer to the pleasure and the fun. I like the hedonist aspect of it. I think one on one or usually like in a threesome with a guy, it wouldn't be so important. But certainly if in a group situation, I like to be a little bit high. I just like the idea of adding something extra to to the situation. It's not about making it better or me losing my judgment. It's just about making things a bit, bit more intense. And apart from that, what drugs? I don't know. I don't like, obviously for, for guys, certainly at a certain age, and even for younger guys too, Molly can be very, it can be very hard to get hard on Molly, on pills. If you're doing GBL or G, GBH, GBL, whatever you call it, that's kind, of, that's kind of fun but then I usually if I do that I just watch the alcohol intake and I like to drink as well I suppose the favour for me is a bit of coke if there's a lot of play involved or pills you know it can be, it can be really nice to have a whole cuddly 
fucky thing out of your mind on pills. I really enjoy that too. Well, you know, I could have completely sober sex. But these days, no, I like to have champagne. Like uh, I had a gangbang last weekend and I found myself that I had drank most of a bottle of champagne. But I was buzzing. So I, I don't do it to get like super drunk. I just think it's part of the, you know, in the sex situation, like drinking the bubbly. Um, but I also like to do coke sometimes. It depends on the people that I'm with. And poppers. I love to do poppers during sex, but not too much. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> hello. <laughs> For me personally, I mean, I don't have a long history with sex and drugs. If I had to consider like getting drunk and getting high on weed, kind of like losing yourself with it, I think that's my go-to. And poppers too. Like poppers are like, like first time I tried poppers, I was like, what in the hell is this? Like, why is it making me feel like a horny demon? But then I was like, oh, I wish it could last longer, but it doesn't, which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. But yeah, I mean. I have to admit, maybe we can just, you know, like stick on that one. Sorry, go, go deeper in that one. <laughs> <laughs> What is it about poppers? Because I, I feel like they're in the in the scenes and groups that I am. They exist, they're being used, but f definitely like on the lower end of you know frequency, there's much more prevalent drugs than poppers. And also like the effect is so short. Why that one? Because that one has the, the immediate rush. The second you're taking it, it, it takes like two to five seconds to start feeling it. And it's just like, it becomes so uncontrollable and so rushy. And for a second, I mean, because most people use also poppers for like a party, like a party drug, not like a sex drug. As a sex drug, it's just so quick and so intense. In my experience, it just makes me feel like, oh yeah, I am that bitch taking that big cock. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of that simple truth. And it's just like boils down to exactly why you're there and why you're doing it. And it's just like so euphoric. And then you kind of want to do more, but then you just end up having a headache. And that's why you cut it off, like my personal experience. Even after like a, like a few rounds. Right, yeah. Like you yeah. wouldn't keep doing it. No, okay. no, no. Because to, to me, it's like gives headache at the end and just like, ugh. It's definitely, for me, it's one of those drugs, I think, of, it's a bit like meth and a bit like crack for me. It's a drug where you can really feel the damage it's doing. So other drugs, like you can do coke, you feel the damage the next day. But for me, when I'm doing poppers, I'll have, I love it. It's really good fun. And I'm sure Effie's going to tell a story about it. But if, if I'm doing it, it's very heavy. It's a very heavy chemical. It's a very heavy thing. And, and for me, doing that is also sometimes part of this whole hedonist. It's like, it's no, screw it. I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to have lots of sex. And it's a very concentrated, euphoric feeling of this just sort of wanton decadence almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like throwing, throwing away any rationality you have about it. Zero. There's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing rational about taking... Poppers. So I discovered taking poppers because I was just doing poppers for fun, like on the dance floor or with my friends or giggling for like 30 seconds. And then I just started doing it like at the time with my boyfriend, like during like like an all overnight, all night fuck sesh. And so we would both do it and then close our eyes and then like he would just like pound me, pound me into oblivion. Like he'd be at the bottom and I'd be on top. And a couple of times I felt myself like, floating above above the bed like it just and it, it, i kind of because my eyes were closed and i was like so into it maybe a bit high a bit drunk it felt like it lasts forever and it was just so intense and it really heightened the sex experience for me 
even if I take some poppers and like start deep throating or sucking the cock, similar to what Fistar was saying, how it's like, yeah, I can take this whole thing and like it's just ah oh, so slutty and so out of this out of my mind and fucking love it. Yeah, it's great and. So it's funny actually because you mentioned so you is this kind of when you had sex with your boyfriend and poppers was this the beginning of all of it like within a relationship you started doing drugs while sex not not at the beginning of our relationship kind of like a bit further down in our relationship where we felt more comfortable with each other that we could do these nights because i mean at the beginning you don't know like if you're starting to see someone and you're fucking you're not really sure how how quickly you can start mentioning drugs to them because you don't oftentimes don't know whether they're into it or whether they would look at you differently or whether you know they maybe they're an addict and they have that background and so you have to be really careful with uh, a new partner or partners or in a group situation where they can like whip the drugs out even the poppers could be problematic for some people so that's another conversation as well just about different people's relationships with drugs what was the context where you started having sex on drugs i don't know i think it's just because i was going to other parties you know associating with other people that were sometimes it can like really ruin a moment and like, ruin a sex situation but i was seeing some really positive sides to doing drugs and mixing it with sex so <laughs> no because i have to say like for me it's still such a complete sex party group you know group thing i've rarely if ever i think had sex with my i mean except for alcohol um alcohol but like with my with my partners boyfriends whatever even in small groups or like threesomes with them it's always been very tame in comparison whereas the sex party scene from the very beginning for me was extremely infused with mainly meffy you know, mainly methadrone, like, I don't know, legal highs, and uh, they're kind of a mixture of E and speed. You just, or like even M, like Emma and speed, you just stay up longer, get hornier, and apparently they're less, it's easier to have an, an erection on it while still being very high. It's more practical for sex parties. And it makes you very, very horny. At least that's been my experience. Mm. Me, I could just do a couple of lines and then just fuck away. Damn, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> the problem is just and this actually I mean I'm I'm gonna highlight this now I'm not sure we want to go straight into it but it also like all you know all up is really it can also fuck with your memory you know you just remember less of the sex and how much you had with what and whom and in what constellation so you know like there there are consent issues attached to that because I definitely you know when come sometimes people take pictures or videos you know a small group sex party so it was all you know they were asking about whether they could take some pictures and then we share them in the group and I was happy for them to do that but I you know there were definitely parties where I was like oh you know I I'm fucked clearly and I do I fuck and am fucked and I clearly seem to enjoy the fucking but I didn't remember the stuff mm. that I'm seeing that definitely has happened and the consent issues interesting one because I'm I'm co-hosting a party on Saturday and so I've been putting a lot of thought into this question of you know can you consent and I don't know was it talking to Misty or or actually I think it was talking to you Effie weren't we mm. talking about this people say you can't consent in alcohol and you can't consent in drugs and that's true but what about when the people want to take the stuff to get to a point of course you you can, you can consent you know we're, let's bracket out the idea of someone just being so out of their faces that they can't move that's something completely different I think it needs to boil down more to like social awareness and well being more aware that yeah a person is really fucked up on alcohol and drugs is about taking advantage and most people should should be more aware that yeah you cannot really do anything with a person that is at that level with alcohol or other substances but have you had experiences of this happening a lot because i feel like there's 
you know, there's clearly very different cases when someone is so drunk right. that they can barely walk, that I cannot look you straight in the face, and someone being very, very high. Right. They, they're mobile, they still talk, they're happy, they're just right. very, very for high. Sure, for sure. For me, it's very important to like know uh, what the person is on or like if the person is sober or not or how drunk they are. Yeah, I, I did have experiences where I would be the sober one and the other person that I was seeing was really drunk. And then because they were so drunk and so horny, I was like, okay, this level of horniness is something new to me and how do I deal with that? And sometimes it's like some choices that were made, that person was like saying that we should do. And I was like, are you sure about this? Because the sober you says other things. And it's it's also also my responsibility as a, as a sober person to be like, yeah, like, no, actually it's, it's just your altered state that doesn't really, doesn't have the rational element to like think about it. And then they're always like, you always try to find like a balance or like, yeah, maybe we should try this and next time we can try something else. Or like, it has to be also on the responsibility of the sober one or more sober one. The way consent is being taught or is beginning to be taught now is that there is no consent on alcohol. And if the other person is too inebriated, then there can be no, no consent. But like, I just quick, can I quickly interrupt? Like, there's no consent on alcohol. It's just completely non. It's like unrealistic, right? I mean, because people have a couple of glasses, and it also seems unproblematic. The way I've seen, I've been reading up on how, especially this whole movement in Australia, which is really important at the moment about consent, is that if the person is intoxicated or if they're drinking, then they they can't give consent. But the discourse is all from the perspective of it's like the mainstream discourse of she has had some drinks, she can't make a rational decision, but no matter what state he's in, it's not an excuse. So the onus is on the person who is looking to have sex, could also be completely inebriated, but the idea is that they're acting rationally and that they they are trying to push something and that she, can, she can't be asked for this. This goes, this is like mainstream consent debates, which is basically if someone's too drunk or if you think they're too drunk, walk away that the one person has to walk away no matter what the other person says whereas in sex scenes i think i think there is a difference and i think it is difficult and i do find it difficult because as i said a bit earlier i do really enjoy sometimes getting completely messed up and having hedonistic sex and i am consenting i am aware of what i'm doing taking this stuff i'm taking the g i'm doing some lines i'm getting high i know what i'm going to do and i also know some of the risks and some of the risks for me is if i really do get mashed up or if i'm on g I might say, hey, let's do this without a condom. Thanks, I was bringing that, I was going to bring that up. But this is a risk, I'm, I'm, I know this, I know myself and I know what I'm doing. Now, it's not good, it's not healthy, it's not rational, and I am in no way saying anyone should do this unless they want to go and get tested five, six, seven times a year. It's a choice I'm making as an adult. Now, obviously, by a party there recently, there was one woman who was, was getting a bit too drunk and was starting to sort of talk in circles and but was very, very sure of herself and sure that she could give consent. So what do you do in this situation? For me, in that sort of context, if someone is, you have to talk to them. You have to ask them, you know, step out, take a break, go have a cigarette. But I don't think among consenting adults and adults, when they go in and start taking drinks, that you, anyone else can say, hey, hold on, you've had, you've had three beers, you can't consent. And I think in, particularly in some, some context of sex positive scenes with adults who are consenting to all kinds of other crazy stuff to drugs and to other things, I think it's very hard to come in then and say, oh, well, you can't give consent because you're a bit high or you're a bit drunk. However, in mainstream society where the risk is that people are trying to pick up people who are completely inebriated, that these two things shouldn't be mixed up. 
You know, I think the context is very important. Well, for example, I definitely remember that one of my maybe let's say amongst the first 10 sex parties I had and I was getting quite I was quite fucked at that point, but also really enjoying myself. And I do remember, I mean, sometimes I feel like you going in and out of these conscious faces, you know, you have you being more or less conscious while while being high. I mean, sorry, I, mean, I don't mean like conscious as opposed to being in a coma or like, you know, being unconscious. I mean, more or less, you know, aware of the fact that you're flying where it's just actually just flying. And there was a moment I was like, oh, double penetrate. I, oh, there's someone in my, there's someone in my butt too. That's fun. Great. But I didn't, you know, I didn't expect that happening. And then I was really, I was really liking it. But of course, this is nothing that one can take for granted if one is entering a situation with someone who's very high. But then also it's difficult, you know, if you see, if you look someone in the face and you're like, oh, you know, they're clearly flying, but they're also clearly enjoying themselves. You know, I couldn't even say for sure that maybe I, you know, maybe I pushed the guy into my, into my butt. I don't know. Could be. Mm -hmm. But I just don't remember it. <laughs> Am I being the one that kind of like borderline forcing someone to fuck me or something? And I'm like, oh, am I kind of like blurring the line between consent and like, yeah, and it's kind of weird. And my clear head, I was like, yeah, that I shouldn't have done that. But in the same time, yeah, the usually guys or the guy that I've done or like initiated those things were like, yeah, yeah I mean, you were like too drunk to fuck. That's also like good to hear sometimes. Wait, so this has happened to you where, where you were worried that you were kind of the drunk horny guy yeah. who was coming onto people and kind yeah. of like, you know, yeah, yeah, pushing yeah. them to sleep with you and then you were turned down. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, this, this feels weird. Because <laughs> at that moment I was like, yeah, I'm drunk and horny and I'm consenting these guys that I find attractive and they're all kind of flirtatious and everything. And I was like, oh yeah, like they, they want me or something. And then I would like recommend or like suggest something and it was like oh okay yeah no you're like too drunk to fuck like let's try to like catch up when we're more sober or something and did this happen in berlin because i mean because i've i've seen a couple of articles actually in the in the last years at least in the clubs you know like in burkina kid cat they have been discussing that you have these you know consent issues because most people are high right. and you get approached and people are just not reading a situation very well they're not right. taking no for an answer very well, very well because they're just really fucking horny you know and the clubs now are trying to defend themselves and being like we have awareness teams you know whatever happens to you there's always you should always find someone you know if someone is overstepping the line or is, you know is is too horny for being in a public situation where people might turn them down they will have to leave the club and stuff and You know, if this happened to you in a nice, simple way, that would show that these things are still working, you know, in public situations. Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily have these experiences in Berlin. I had these back in my hometown. But here in Berlin, I always like try to be like more like a tipsy, almost drunk borderline. So I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in that state where I'm like more aware or something. Or if I would find someone really hot and there's like there's the energy and the calm, like a reciprocate feeling i'll be like okay let's just get drunk and let's just get all crazy <laughs> and that usually works out the best way ever i was like yeah this is this is great this is amazing and personally i'm i'm kind of person that goes one-on-one -on -one mostly it just gets more personal like i think i think it's also very important to like that 
little bit of a bond, even though it can be a one-time thing. It's just like short amount of time just to see if the vibe is there. I mean, the problem is I don't, I don't know what your experience is here, Frank and Effie, but I sometimes feel that drugs are not just an add-on, but also kind of an enabler in a situation. Like if you have a small group that has some sort of like beginning awkwardness, and then you just give them a, a round of you just give them a round of mephi. I would say 90% of the cases, fucking is going on within the next hour. <laughs> and it may not have otherwise. Yeah, it's funny that you say that you usually encounter drugs in play party situations or sex parties. Because for me, maybe it's in London or the UK, where if I go to a sex party, play party, you don't see any drugs, only alcohol. And if it's being done, it's being done like behind behind closed doors and not in front of people. But yeah, it's funny that you say that the, the drugs can be an instigator or, or yeah, a starting point. Like, I don't know. I, I haven't really experienced that because sometimes when guys might see it, they might say no because it might it might mean that they won't be able to get an erection or have some performance anxiety. So yeah, I don't know. I just I usually bring it out like kind of halfway through the party. Once everyone's sufficiently fucked enough <laughs> for those people that are afraid that they might get dry pussy or soft cocks then they can take it without fear because they've already <laughs> got their dick sweat enough right right no actually all the sex parties i'm thinking of the private ones that start with the dinner but then you know you casually have lines for dessert and then you you could just you know 20 minutes after the after the first lines some people were going to start grope and then the normal mm. sex party dinner parties will progress into something more playful you know i wanted to ask you like in torture in the in the london places that you that you go to how like is it it's an essential bit of these parties that people are high because i mean clearly for kikat and for burkine it definitely is yeah i think so just reminds me i read that even amongst all of this and even in berlin alcohol is still the most consumed drug in burkine i'm not surprised like apart from g alcohol and drugs goes hand in hand and because i like to do cocaine quite a lot it then means that I can drink quite a lot without getting too wasted. And so I find myself getting like drink after drink after drink, but then I'm going to the toilet and particularly in clubs, going to, into the cubicles to do line of Coke or like a, a, a fingernail. Yeah. Like I said, unless you're, and unless, well, some people who do like MDMA and, and pills will drink less, um, but they often will still drink. Maybe they'll drink at the beginning and not at the middle and start drinking water. But I would say that, like, the clubs are in London, such as Torture Garden and Club of Burden, whether I see the drugs happening in front of me or not, I know it's very prevalent. And I know for a fact that's why the lines for the toilets are always so bloody fucking long. And people love to go to pre-parties, post-parties. They're a big thing because unlike Berlin, the clubs in London close early. And I think you'd be lucky to go to a club that closes at six. <laughs> But guys, there's also lots of very sober scenes and sober sex parties. And so I know a lot of people on the tantric and Burning Man, Burner communities, a lot of those people are into completely sober sex, sex parties. I know there's the IKSK, EKSK center here in Berlin. They have parties where you can't, there's no alcohol allowed and mm. they're fun. And a fortiori, nothing else. Sorry? A fortiori, nothing else. Unless you're doing something, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be okay to go into some of these places and be and be high. Yeah. People would notice, mm. you know, you just sit around and talk about astrology and tantra. And <laughs> <laughs> I must say, when I first started going to parties in Berlin, they were all extraordinarily hedonist, like huge amounts of drugs and everything else. And just out the door, like everything was just extreme. And 
I did in fact I stopped going I, I kind of left one click of people at one point because there was just too much of that going on I couldn't handle it I had kids mm-hmm. I had other life during the week I just I couldn't deal with the amount of stuff, substances that were being consumed and the sex so then when I got back into things I got back into things that were a little bit more sober less drugs anyway and more alcohol so with men who are just very concerned about their erection problems then a lot of those guys usually won't take stuff they won't especially not coke they won't take coke mm. and I, it's it's great and it's fun but for me I really see it compartmentalised like I want to get mashed up with someone and do some crazy stuff but then other times I, I like the idea of being sober and being in a group like I have sober friends and I think it's also important because it it's a different sex but it's like it, for me it's just a different way of doing things it's a different pleasure it's a different experience like getting messed up and having sex with a bunch of people for me is a completely different high as such as being sober and doing it with people who are sober and into that and I think I think they're both good and maybe just to ask you Vizar because you said you recently came to Berlin for me my impression is there's almost too much drugs in the Berlin scenes and too much expectation that people should take it what's your take on that? For sure for sure I mean now I go with a new motto I say sober is the new high (laughs) in my opinion and when I moved here that's where I kind of not stopped, but kind of borderline not use drugs a lot. Almost, I'm trying to stay sober as long as I can when it when when it comes to more hard substances. So not excluding alcohol. Yeah, excluding alcohol, weed, and poppers. <laughs> G is also a hard GBL is also a hard drug for you. Or? Yes, yes. G G especially knowing the facts of how dangerous G can get is just for me. It's it's a, it's a little bit more alarming. With my experience here in Berlin, I have been to like a lot of gay men spaces, gay men and bisexual men. For example, Lab, which is the other side of Bergheim. That place was unhinged, was so... Because I never had that experience before. And you go to a specific place where it's just like everybody's naked. There's a corner, a dark corner where everybody's fucking everybody. And it's, oh, wow, like this can happen i went there like four times and the first time was like okay like this place is it's fun it's dirty it's filthy it's kinky it's it's everything and the second time i was like okay the second time i'm going there because i want to see what's gonna happen and uh, yeah most of the people that i played with were like yeah i'm kind of high right now and i found about that after the fact that we've played and like it didn't feel quite consensual and I was like okay like this is weird it it made me feel a little bit awkward and so but they were completely verbal and they just let you know oh 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 did they feel the need to even tell you that they're high because I feel like because they were so high that they I feel like if I was just you know normal high at a sex party and then would have something with someone I wouldn't even mention it right 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 yeah you're just high and then you walk away yeah true true because after like some sexual encounter sometimes people feel the need to kind of be close for for a hot minute and that's where people tell like oh by the way like are you on something because I'm on this and I'm like oh okay so it's interesting to hear that because it's it's new like when people disclose that information or some some people just walk away so when you when someone who's high lets you know after the fact so you you have something and then they let you know that they were high did you actually in the majority of the situation felt like oh i would not have i would rather not have had sex with them yes and no i would say yes because still i think the level of, of like shared intimacy should 
at least have you could still have a little bit of like a consensual like yes and no can be like very clear and very obvious but on the no side i am fully aware that i'm going to a sex club and just expect everything can be there and it's just like you, you know what you're getting into it's it's a Gray area. Yeah, it's gray area. it's gray. But it kind of touches on what we discussed in the consent episode. Like, what I mean, I guess you know, a, a Puritan about consent, they would say it's just by being someplace, it's pretty obvious that you haven't consented to anything. I mean, sure, you probably have a basic interest in engaging in some sort of sexual activity, but which specific activity, which whom, is and I mean, clearly, is not dictated by the place but isn't that a personal choice we're making because i'm i'm talking to effie and misty here we seem to be on the same vibe about throw caution to the wind we can get messed up and maybe we do things we ordinarily wouldn't but that's part of the kink that's part of the vibe that night but i think for other people this can be quite frightening that we're willing <laughs> to throw all these things out and say you know i get messed up i remember i was gonna i was having a threesome with a former partner of mine and i wanted to get some g because the guy coming over he was just he was sending off all some, some quite weird vibes and then but my partner really wanted so i said oh i'm, I'm gonna get something but i did not want to do coke or anything i said oh go get some g there's no big come down for that so I went to one of her friends this guy who's very seeny does a lot of G basically lives in dark rooms I'm pretty sure he has a tent in the lab somewhere at the back where he sleeps <laughs> and I went over to his house and he looked all messed up and he'd had his hair dyed blue and he was listening to the cranberries on about 5,000 decibels in the house and didn't turn it down when I came in so he was really really high Wow So he opens up his box of drugs and takes out the G and he's like he's looking at me with these with these crazy eyes like you've taken this before I was like yeah 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 how much I was like oh two mil two, two mil that's a lot I said no it's fine I'll just just give me two mil and he, he holds the bottle and he comes up to me and he just shows me the bottle and says you know this stuff has taken me places where I don't ever want to go do you want to go to these places I was like listen man just two mils I'll be on my way and I'm not joking the whole building was rocking with the cranberries it was, it was really bizarre <laughs> there's something in that idea you know you, you, you get messed up in G and if I get super horny in G do anything when people do consent to things and they do things that they think the next day I didn't want to do that and I was out of my head well then all of a sudden the onus is on the person to explain how they how they receive consent for that and that's when things become very great yeah and i think i wanted to mention do you remember in the consent episode where i was talking about some london sex parties where you have to answer some questions at the door one of the questions at this particular party was can you consent if you're intoxicated and they were straight up like the answer is no you can't but then myself and the people in my group were just like well, actually, it depends. And then it just started creating this interesting conversation and, and, and concern and issue, particularly for perhaps maybe for survivors of sexual assault. Because if you are at a play party and then you are super drunk and then, you know, you're in a situation where you have sex with someone and then maybe you regret it or you don't remember it or you feel, you're not sure if you feel like it was consensual, but you also decided to be drunk and you're also at a club that, that sells alcohol does that mean that if you couldn't consent as, a, as according to their rule, does that mean, that made me think like every time that I had had questionable sex or sex that I regretted the next day or sex or interaction with someone I didn't really want to, does that mean I didn't consent? So it's like that question of can you consent or not? I think it's a great area because I think in some ways you can't, like you were talking earlier about someone who's completely peeling themselves off the floor. In other cases where you want it to happen, but then can you then say that it, it, it was not consensual just because you regret it the next day or 
So there's loads of questions to ask about that, and particularly when it comes to being intoxicated on drugs and alcohol. But I just thought it was a bit interesting that they were so very strict about this rule saying the answer is no, you can't. Mm. In a club where it's a sex club and they're selling alcohol in that club. It was really problematic. It really did upset quite a few people. And it made me think about my experiences in sex parties, being drunk or not drunk or seeing things of, of other people. So, you know, it's important to have a conversation about it and not be so black and white which is why we're talking about all the great areas. Yeah, but I think, I'm, you know, wondering whether the solution actually to this is fairly simple because, you know, as Frank was saying earlier, there is a way where, you know, you know, I know what a couple of uppers, whatever, do to me, plus some cat, let's say. So I'm going to get fucked. I want to get fucked tonight. And I want to have, you know, I want to have sex while being fucked. And as long, you know, and I do find there is a there is also a point where I would find it overstepping someone's boundaries if they're like okay listen you're very fucked right now i'm not gonna have sex with you i mean yeah what if you clearly clearly that's also their boundary right if they don't feel comfortable but if they're also actually quite you know if they want to fuck me i wouldn't expect them to say no to me just because they can see i'm high because i want to be high and i want to have sex high so i think all you can do and that's that's what i mean by a simple solution is just to be just to make extra sure, basically, right? About the about the DP situation I had at the beginning of my sex party phase, it would have been nice maybe to be like, listen, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in from behind now, yeah. just making sure is this what you want? I probably would have said yes, please. That's exactly what I want right now. What about the dark rooms that were mentioned earlier, like where you don't want to know who it is? It needs to be completely anonymous, but you also want to be like fucked off your head, you know? So there's a lot of different scenarios that can be problematic but also goddamn sexy and hot that we talk about on this podcast like there's really hot moments where like I have no idea who who was inside me I have no idea who like I love those stories like I've got loads of them where I'm like you don't have to know who it is who's inside you for them to make sure that you want them to be inside you right try and try and explain that one in court yeah (laughs) I think isn't isn't it interesting with dark rooms dark room by concept is a non-chemical way of in some ways giving up a little bit of consent it's about wanting to go somewhere where you know things can happen without having to look at yourself without having to see it without so there are other ways of making this jump of sort of consent consenting to non-consent in some ways before you get smashed up and and get high or go to a dark room is there's a certain amount coming with your decision to do that that in some ways enables the decisions later it gives them more it gives them more substance but I suppose as we keep saying you know it is really up to the other person to see you know how drunk or how messed up is this person I know one of the weirdest experiences at a party about consent wasn't so much the alcohol this person had consumed they were obviously having a bit of a breakdown they kept saying no I'm staying and I'm into this and I want this and this is okay and people kept asking but there was obviously something wrong so you know it wasn't just alcohol it was more about a mental state How, How was this showing? I was just saying pretty crazy stuff to people in between things it was just yeah and just being a bit distant and so on but I think just the point I'm trying to make is that it's about a mental state the person's in at that time so that can be through drugs and that can be through alcohol but it takes the other people to say hold on a second is this mental state something that's affecting it and not just as you're saying which rightly could piss me off as well as saying okay alcohol means no consent can you imagine how much sex in this world is done under the influence of alcohol Except in countries where there isn't huge alcohol cultures, it's obscenely high, guys. It must be over 90%, you know? How many people sitting there going, oh, Christ, you know, I'm going to have a gin and tonic before I screw my husband or my wife again. I need to get a bit drunk. 
that sounds terrible, but I think that's the reality of most sex in the world. So, but did you, so actually I wanted to ask you before because most people you had sex with in Berlin clubs kind of told you at some point that they were high. Well, that pressure you in any way to take drugs with them, given that, you know, you've chosen this, I, I'm going to say pseudo sober path ever since you moved here. Not in person. Not in person because when someone's gonna pressure me in person, like all I can do is just like don't talk to me, leave, like or like go on the other side of the club. But on the dating apps, on Grinder, <laughs> I was I was living in Neukölln, and the part of the area where like most like queer scene is happening. And there was this person on Grinder at 2 a.m. was like, I'm on G, like I want to have sex with you. And I was like, okay, I prefer sober sex at this point. It's like, yeah, but please try it with me. It's really fun and everything. And kind of like through the conversation, I felt, okay, I'm kind of like being forced into. And it felt a little bit uncomfortable because. Have you ever agreed to any, any you know, situation like that? And you were like, okay, fuck it, let's try it. In the past with Molly and Yeah, that didn't end up well, <laughs> but not now, not anymore. Like I really stay strong to my consent and to my, what I want and what I, what I think it's right. No, I mean, and kind of you like pushing through a harder line, right? Because you say, well, you know, because this person wasn't asking you to also have G. It was just, I want to, you know, I'm on G. I want to fuck right now. Are you happy to fuck me in the state that I am? And you said like, no, I prefer con sober sex. That's a, that's a stronger, that's like, I want both of us to be you know, fully there. That's quite a strong. Yeah, I was gonna say you're very strong. It's hard. It's really yeah, tempting, but it's hard. I kind of tell myself that sober is the new high. I was acting, I was expecting something a bit stronger than, except for alcohol, weed and pop. Frank was saying, I think there's also a fully developed, you know, conscious dating movement and conscious sex party movement right. where it is about fully and completely being just on, you know, lemonade and tea. And that's it. Yeah. And I I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you have any, guys, do you have any like experience on being completely sober at one of these parties? Totally. There's a, there's a bunch of parties in Berlin completely sober. Now I was sitting there with someone at the end saying, I'd like a beer now after lots of intense <laughs> mad fucking. We were sitting there looking at the bar. They weren't allowed to serve alcohol. They said no drugs. They weren't allowed to serve alcohol because of some deal with the place. So it turned into this, it was a really fun evening and the sex was fun. And it's yeah. great. And okay, that's amazing though. So the, but the, then the alcohol was playing a completely different role. It was, it was about, it was about just, you know, like a calm down beer, basically. Yeah. As you were saying, Effie, you know, there's a certain point of the night where I just want, want to get a bit mashed up, but I've oh, been yeah. to lots of sober parties and I really enjoyed it for a while. I think there's a big festival like Haydenay Festival, which is very gynocentric. I know it invites others, but it's also supposed to be completely sober. As far as I know, there's a bar, but they definitely don't, they look down on drugs. I've also completely, I've gone to a drug-free party with someone else and taken way too much G. And the two of us <laughs> ended up on a dance floor dancing to some really old song and I kept telling the guy running the party is the best song it's the best it's the best but I kept saying to him again and he's like are you okay I'm like yeah 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 uh, are you on anything I was like no yeah my ma my mouth is burning I didn't have anything to take away properly so I kind of dropped it in so my tongue's on fire and then my friend was getting roped <laughs> she was getting tied by this guy and he was tying her up and he was pulling her up off the ground she just she was completely unconscious and he, I think he thought he kind of oh. cut off some of her blood flow he's like are you okay are you okay she's like yeah I'm just really high like just keep going and he oh, was just no. no I can't do this and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you just die <laughs> so he kind of messed up a party and left the party feeling really dirty and silly but it was a funny night and talking about the dangers I think it's definitely because we're 
getting close to the end now, but I have, one of the closest times I ever came to dying in my life, <laughs> Effie was, Effie and me, we'd gone out, we went for a lovely meal, and then I brought a whole bag of equipment with me and went up to meet Effie, Effie was over in Berlin, and we did this line and that line and this line and that line, and we got really silly and lots of fun, and we were doing all kinds of stuff, but... At a certain point, I obviously wasn't up to anything except for lots of play and pulls out a bottle of magic poppers and we're pretty mashed and we're drinking and stuff and she's sitting, we've been doing all kinds of stuff and she's sitting on my face and I did a big hit of poppers and I was pretty much gone and I'm lying there and she's sitting on my face and I don't know what she's saying and I'm loving it. I love people sitting on my face and I'm lying there and and she's sitting there and and all of a sudden I'm getting that feeling. You know when you get in dreams you think there's something wrong and you're either about to wet your bed or fall out of the bed. Mm -hmm. I'm getting this feeling and I'm smiling at her and I'm looking at her thinking, wow, this is so hot. And then I'm thinking, I, I can't breathe. Because her whole, her whole, my whole face is just covered in her vagina. I'm like, I, I can't breathe and I, I can't move. And I'm sure my face is getting bigger. And she's just like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I had to summon all my strength to push her off. And she's like, and she's pushing back thinking, wow, this is, this is cool. And yes, I can take it. This guy can take it. I was gone. I was like that close to going unconscious. What prank was I holding your nostrils with my fingers? I think you could have done that too, yeah. I think that's where I got the whole... Uh, <laughs> Maybe that was it. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, really fun. We both knew what we had taken and we both were like... Our plan was to get like really fucked up and it was so much fun. But always trying to keep in tabs with each other. I mean, obviously can be borderline unsafe with this kind of suffocation thing, but I don't condone it by all means. But And I don't think anyone should do stuff like this with strangers or someone you've just met. You really know, because I think I'm even getting the vibe from Misty. You're talking about the parties and I think I know one or two of the people who went to those parties. You can trust them. They know what they're doing as well. I would be very nervous going into a situation with lots of people I didn't know. I would not get that messed up and I'd be very, very careful. No, about yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what I was talking about was always in a private setting with basically, a, you know, a friend's group. The next time I come to Berlin when I'm not completely busy and partying for hours and hours and days, maybe we should do a private thing, us, the crude team. I'm here, you're in. I would love to watch. <laughs> Deal. Okay, guys, I think we're coming to an end, even though I just want to mention, but I'm going to highlight that for some future episode. There's one last little drug that we didn't discuss mm-hmm. and that I was, you know, going to ask Frank about, namely the penis injection drug. The one that makes that gives you the that gives you an erection for hours. I've never heard of that. Really? Never heard of that. Go on. Well, no, actually, like this is the problem. I should do my chemical research. Is so specifically on counteracting the the e or coke, you know, floppy dick. So you put some chemical in your penis end, and so you get an erection for at least three hours, and you know if it hasn't come down within the next. Eight hours, you should get worried and oh see a doctor. God. Wow! <laughs> Can we put them in the show notes? For sure, for sure. No, it's also part of the of the of the real camp scene. Camp sex scene is definitely part okay. of that because I mean, it's not it's not that easy to keep you going for that for that long. But we're gonna come back to that. I think we touched all the important topics. We got touchy. <laughs> exactly, touchy, nosy. I think I think we even made some progress on what kind of what kind of situations that may be you know you maybe even be grateful if someone tells you I don't want to fuck you in that state but also there's tons of situations where you're like no this is exactly the state I want to be fucked in so as long as you want to fuck too I'd be you know I'd appreciate it if you stick it in and <laughs> so I think 
while it's you know it's in a, you know it's a very essential part in a lot of scenes here in Berlin and I think for good reason because it can be a lot of fun and very interesting I think one should just test from time to time that you said multiple times that for you it's no problem you can easily go to a sex party being completely sober being completely conscious of what you're doing I found that a little bit you know more difficult but definitely something I could get into I think or it's just going to be a different party I guess but I think one should make sure from time to time that this is still an option just to make sure that this This is not addiction. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Misty. Thanks, Fizar. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again. And speak to you very soon. Yay. Bye. 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 You've just been listening to Crude. If you'd like to join the conversation, follow us on Insta, crude underscore podcast, C-R-U-D-E underscore podcast, or email us on crude.berlin at gmail.com.